The holidays are right around the corner. Give the gift of hockey this holiday season with the Dallas Stars Holiday Hat Trick Blend. Free shot, tip, score! Choose from three great packages and receive two tickets to three Stars home games, a Dallas Stars branded sleeve blanket, and tickets to watch the Frisco Fighters of the Indoor Football League. Inventory will be limited, so score your holiday hat trick plan now at DallasStars.com. Welcome to the Podman Rush, the official podcast of the Dallas Stars, presented by Kingsville Brewery. Let's join the rush with your hosts, Daryl Razor Ray and Mike Heike. First road recording of the season, Mike Heike. It's so nice to look into your eyes. What impeccable timing, too, as the Stars set the franchise record for best start to the season on the road, improving to 8-1-1. One, and one with a shutout victory in Winnipeg, known as the Peg, last night. Uh, we are recording in the morning here in Cowtown. Uh, just a, a stupendous beginning to the season away from home for these boys. Yeah, and confusing. A little bit. I would agree with that. Before we get into all that, though, what an enormous travel party that works its way around North America nowadays. It's, it struck me the other day, somebody was asking me how many people travel, and there are more non-players than players that travel yes. with an NHL team nowadays, more personnel. And it struck me last year when I looked at that team picture, and there was just suits and track suits and yep. then- Lots uh, of track suits. A smattering of players. Yeah. Only football, right? now would have more players than personnel would that be true would they travel with more players Baseball's than personnel close, i guess no they're 25 base baseball would not have more players would no they? yeah you're right yeah 25 players even with their pitching staffs and everything unless they bring extras in. basketball forget about it soccer same thing yeah and hockey's moved past the the uh, equator yeah. in that regard it's interesting. So uh, when I talk to young college students, I tell them there's a hundred jobs out there. You don't, you know, you don't have to be a writer. You don't have to be a broadcaster. You can find different things and be associated with a team. And it, it's interesting to see. I mean, on this scale with the track suits, it's more, uh, you know, athletic training, massage therapists, uh, analytics. They get catered to. They get yes, treated. They it's good. Yeah, it's the. Day and age. The, yeah, you want the highest level of performance. And it is a bit of an arms race in that regard. If you don't do it, tough to attract free agents and all that stuff. And they talk to one another and they're like, well, they get a meal room. Why don't we have a meal room? Boom. Everybody has it. Look, we're, we're just happy to be tagging along, right? I, I'm, I honestly embrace that yeah. philosophy. Yeah, we are. You, we're embracing, you know that. We're embracing this travel. I'm just happy to be. We're on board with it rather than being in... 23D in smoking section, like my playing career. All right, this Stars home road dichotomy. I believe it is a dichotomy. I think is you it, are right? correct. So the, the road has been phenomenal. Home has been, you know, it, it's had its moments. It, it still strikes me a little bit. They have two regulation wins at home. Yeah. We're, we're two months into the season. 
And yet we should applaud the fact that they have found a way to win past 60 minutes. At yes. Times. That was a big, big concern. In but the on the season. road, on the road, they get goalie steals certainly did in the early going and goalie seals as they seal a lot of these games. I think back to the last time we were here yes. in Alberta uh, and they certainly needed that in third periods when they got caved in on the shot clock, and yet both Ottinger here in Calgary and Wedgwood in Edmonton just would not relent. But they play tight. They play fairly focused. It's a balanced look to them. The penalty killing's been amazing. Last night was a perfect example again. Connected. I thought more connected than the Jets' yes. overall team game. A complete game. They compete so hard. I did the measurements in my head on the air last night. Wow. Yeah, hashtag warrior, Mike. 17,000 square feet of playing surface on a hockey arena. Mm -hmm. I think I'm right with that. 200 by 85? Sure. And th they competed for every inch of that ice yes. throughout the game last night. And thoroughly enjoyed that. And then the other thing I would toss in there, before I give way to you, Mike, <laughs> would be... That they seem to, I don't have the numbers. I should have done this, but I was busy with other stuff. Uh, they, they seem to play with the lead more on the road. They, it seems like they haven't had a lead. Now, they've blown a lead at home, but they've also overcome right. a deficit at home. It's just been back and forth, like windshield wiper. But on the road, it feels like they get themselves ahead. They get their tail in the air. Then they take care of business. Yeah. I agree. Uh, T Tyler and I were discussing this the other day. Oh, well, look at you. Look at me and Tyler. We're, we're best buds. Uh, he didn't invite me to his wedding. I don't, I don't know. what must get lost in the mail or something. Mm. Um, the, Nobody wants to see you on a beach in the Bahamas, <laughs> Mike. The home schedule has featured three or four one-game homestands. And those are difficult. Okay, but whoa, to, whoa, whoa, no, whoa. no, no. And he said, we don't want excuses. But it's but an we're making an excuse. But we're making excuses. Okay. But so when you have those, just like we're going to come up on this one, two on the road, one at home, three on the road, that's kind of a little bit of a trap game. Is it really a home game? Hold it now. Okay. Okay, keep going. <laughs> I'm supposed to hold <laughs> it. Uh, and then they went to the thing that Pete didn't like, which was five straight at home. And he said, so if you had two and two and two and two or two and three, it might be a little bit easier. I'm not saying it's an excuse. I'm saying it might be. An yes, you are. I'm saying it might be an explanation for what has happened at home. Mm. Now, you can't really weave that into the goaltending. The goaltending is an interesting issue of, and it's both of them. They, they both have, I think, like 2.3 on the road with a 9.20 save percentage and a 3.6 at home with an 8.88 save percentage. So the fact that they're both almost identical at home and on the road tells you there's something in the team play right. that's affecting the goal. Agreed team. with that. Yeah. Uh, reflection of. I said it with Jake yesterday. Like Early on, they were not a reflection right. of the, the team's play. The team was, was trying to find itself. The goaltending goal on the road was just remarkable. Correct. Uh, at home, it's felt like they've been a reflection of the team where it – Good stretches and then bang, 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 you know, three goals against or or whatever it is, right? And just the overall number's not yeah. as good. The, the the thing I always argue with the one-off is 
you know, we've been so good on the road, and then we have to play these one-off home games. It feels like they're a road game, another road game. You're like, well, you're so good on the road. Why are you not good when you go home you on the your, road? You and your logic. See? People don't like logic. And then we were joking about it last night, and this is as old as the league, I think, where every season, you know, you have 82 games and six months worth of explaining or mansplaining or coach-splaining your way through it, right? Yeah. So it, it, they played a bunch of road games, so eager to get home, make some hay during this homestand. Then the homestand doesn't go quite as swimmingly as everyone had anticipated. And by the end of it, it's like, man, it's time to get on the road again. Uh, you know, so many distractions at home and then back out on the road. Now, it went great last night, but could you imagine if, you know, they get smoked in a couple of games on the road and it's like, you know, it'd be nice to be back at home and use our our crowd, those great fans to our advantage. It just keeps going back and forth and it's everywhere. It's yes. across the league. Well, and I think it's funny because you and I talk about this. I- I think Pete's still in the honeymoon phase of his coaching. And, you know, we've seen him, you know, get angry with the media, whoever, in in other stops. Uh, And they've been pretty positive as far as they really haven't had a just a horrible stretch here. So he can do that. But I do think coaches tend to want to be positive with their players. And I think it's frustrating for fans. More so more so now. Yes. In past, I think they were always looking for the coffin when they smelled flowers. Correct. And, and you, you know, that was the quote-unquote way you were taught growing up. But I don't want to say that they're different as far as not as tough. But, like, if you would have yelled at Daryl Ray when he was 22 years old, Daryl Ray would have said, oh, I better get better, as opposed to if you yell at a 22-year-old now or a 20-year-old, does he – you know, because of his parenting or because of the coaching yeah. at the lower level, is their mind in a different place? They're, they're more coddled. Yes. There's no question. But they're, I believe they're also more intelligent. Yes. They're, they're smarter. But then when you're smarter, you ask why. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, right. And then, but I don't want to tell you why. I want to tell you, do it and do it the way I tell you yeah. to do it. And that's just kind of where we're getting. And I think Pete's one of the best at adapting. You know, because the guy's got a thousand games in the I NHL, know. he's seen it all, and yet he is, I think, coaching to the new mindset. Yeah, he's coached them to a great first quarter. Yeah, a really good record, but as I think we've alluded to, visually at times it hasn't looked as good as the record states. But then, that's all that really matters, isn't it? Is the is um, the record? I, I'll tell you this. I one thing I've I've noticed or detected just a smidge of arrogance in the group to begin the season. And that's okay. Yeah. To me, that's okay. I want my stars feeling all cocky and sassy, but the detriment in it is that every now and then uh, there has been a little of that, you know what, we're good. Or it's just going to happen. Yep. Or all we have to do is really show up. We're, we're, we're so good. Look at us. And there's a fine line between swagger with that and where it gets in the way a little bit. Yeah. And it can stop you up or stop them up from, I think, playing as, as hard. Not that they, they, no. they play hard. Yeah. But 
playing hard for longer, like like yeah. they did last night. Yep. Like last night was a perfect example. You probably can't play, you know, full out everything in it. That was a little bit situationally motivated coming off a real odorous stinker at home on Black Friday, but there, there's just been a little bit of it. And it is, I think it tips back and forth. You and I have talked before about how important athletic arrogance is athletic arrogance yes. which is different than just flat out arrogance athletic arrogance allows individuals to bounce back from bad performances or just feel like uh, a confident either individual or group that we're better than you yep. and we're going to go out there and, and prove that the flat out arrogance part of it is it's just going to happen yeah because my stuff doesn't stink yep and uh, you know who has a, is a good example of athletic? At least I think he is. Is Wyatt? Like you would not think that guy is arrogant at all, but he believes in himself. Oh yeah, no, he's he's got that. Where look, I can beat you. I, I, I know think, I can do this. I think he and and Jake Ottinger both are the epitome yeah. of athletic arrogance. They're the farthest thing from an arrogant. No, person. yeah, just quiet, <laughs> calm, but you know, nice, they, nice when guy, they're on the ice in the competitive arena, there's there's Jeff. Chest puff and yeah, bring it. Yeah. I want to be, I want to be in that position or on the ice at that time, in order to do it. So, uh, the decor. Yeah, good question. I was going to bring that one up. Well, then you go ahead. I'll well, have I just I think that, and it's, this is what a lot of the off ice guys sit there and talk about as we watch practice: is do they need something else? And then if they need something else, what does that mean to the? The current decor, uh, because, you know, the question becomes, you know, is Nils a guy who could use a break here and there, or do you need somebody better than Nils? You know, that's the question that we'll ask. Uh, and I'm, you know, nothing against you, Nils. Uh, and, but the process is, do you need to just trust that he's going to get better through 60 games and go through that process before you make a decision? Uh, or, you know, are there situations where you look there and go, oof, that's not working real well, and we need to just do something. And the other problem, and this is me being just a journalist from the old Dallas Morning News, and Tim Collishaw trained me to Ooh. be the poison pen. Dropping uh, names. Just You just look at it and go, eh, it's not that great of a decor. Like there's times where you're just like, mm. you know, as a group, it's just okay. Um, but they also come up, and they're usually one of the better goals against average, and their PK is good, and – Aren't those things that say you have a pretty good yes, decor? And, I know. You know, so it's, it, it is confusing. And, it's a little paradoxical. Well, and I'll go back to uh, my friend, Darian Hatcher, uh, that at the time, there were people in Dallas who just said, oh, he's just not that good. And then you look back and you go into every other city and they're like, oh, my gosh, Darian Hatcher is the best defenseman in the league. And, but the people at the time, you just pick at the warts of somebody you see every single day. Yes, that's, that's an excellent point because – even we are guilty of that yeah. because you cover the same team over and over and over, and you see every one of their practices that you're at, every one of the games that they play. You watch them more intently than the yeah. other side. And after a while, it's it's the danger not just with uh, media, but I think with hockey departments yeah. too, where and you, you're after a while, you stop seeing all the things that everybody else comes in and goes, oh, my God, that's – that guy's That's great. a great player. That's a terrific team. Like they don't need much, right? And all this, and you're like, well, you know, if you if you take a deep dive into it, they could use this, and they 
they're deficient in this or whatever. And it's, it's probably wrong. I, yeah. I think if you, if you just stepped away a little bit, just a little bit, uh, and maybe opened your ears somewhat, because the reality of it is, okay, well, how many other six or seven person decors would you swap with? Right. No, it's a good, it's a great question. I, I'll give you, this is the worst of the worst of the worst. And I know Sevi is going to kill me for this, but like, I've been disappointed with Miro this year. You're watching going, well, he's been better than that. And you're like, he's Miro Haskinen. Yeah. He's playing 25 minutes a game on the wrong side, which everybody says, oh, well, he can do it. And you're like, well, yeah, we might be even better on the left side. Uh, you know, uh, Jamie Benn was a good center, but uh, he seemed to be the best left wing in the league. So point being is like, there's just that tendency, like you said, to just look at something and go, eh, it could be better. Yeah, you watched them last night, and you watch uh, Yanni Hockenpah and, and Essel and Dell, and you're like, yeah. You know, when they lock yeah. a game down like that and they kill penalties the way they do. Uh, I think Ryan Suter had a, a, a good game yeah. last night. You know, they had to drop down, it looked like, to 5D in the third period, primarily two pairs, but yep. 5D, and Nils didn't play that much down the stretch. And that's where you, you maybe you look at it and you're like, You'd like to be able to just roll three pairs through it yep. and protect uh, a lead like that, but maybe that's part of the nurturing process with a young defenseman uh, like that. Yeah, I mean, they asked Miro to do so. Oh much, my gosh, to do so much, and there are times when you just sit there and you're like, man, if the and look, it's it's like the Neiman's catalog wish list mm -hmm. of yeah of if they had another one of him, no. could you imagine? Yes, like could you imagine? Uh, but that's a that's a difficult thing to to acquire or have in your in your mix in that. And the news broke this morning. Leon Bischel is is going back over to Europe. Uh, he's going to go play over there. He can be called up later this year. Uh, I love almost everything that I have seen in him and what he brings. The type of yeah. of defenseman he is, but he's only nineteen. And Jim Nils uh, been. Terrific, I think, at at allowing these young defensemen to kind of, you know, build their game and and grow up a little. Thomas Harley's the perfect example. Yeah. You, I've said it before. You you can't have a more perfect uh, development path. Yes. Than the stars did with him last year. And now you look at it, and you have a yeah. You have an eighteen to twenty minute defenseman at this level that they're not giving too much to. Again, yep. he doesn't doesn't kill penalties. Not on a one of the two power plays, none of that. It's just like you just eat up these minutes and and be a good defender first and foremost. He is an unbelievable uh, def young defenseman with poise with the puck yeah. that can deliver the pill to forwards. We well, I was watching his stride night. last night, and I'm going like, for a big guy, he's, oh, yeah, he's really mobile. smooth. It, but that same thing with with uh, Bischel. Yeah, you know he's he's the same way. Like. He's a towering guy with a real mean streak in him and uh, mobility and skills to yep. go along with it. So just stay patient, I guess. Well, and I that. go back to John Klingberg. I mean, because at the time, I think we were all really upset because we thought, okay, well, he's going to come over and he's going to be the next puck-moving defenseman, and they really need that at this point in time. And he said, nah, I, I need another year over here. And I think he was right. I think he understood himself better than anybody. And the hope is that uh, Bishop, same way, that he understands himself better than anybody. Yeah, and you don't know. It's a bit, for a guy that spent some time going the other direction. Yeah. It's not easy. No, it is not easy 
to skip over the pond, different world that you're in. The hockey part of it is easy. Yeah, that, that's what, yeah. Sanctuary is easy. But everything else, the other 20 hours to the day uh, can be difficult, especially for a young guy yep. in his in his teens still. So, uh, you know, whatever with with that group, you just want to have you want to have depth. You want to have guys that fit the system that you're playing. Yep. And uh, and it, again, they're the number one penalty kill on the road. They're top three in the NHL overall with that. They're perennially they drifted a little bit, but it seems like they're perennially top five in goals against. Yep. Like, what are you asking for? Right. Ironically, they're probably asking for more offense That's, from yeah. the defense than they are defending from the from the defense. They actually need better defending from their forwards than they do from their. That's a good point. From their D, which it's it's the modern game, and it's certainly the way this Stars team plays. It's oxymoronic. You know, you want your forwards to be better defenders, and you want your defensemen to be more active and productive offensively. And back to Miro, I mean, he's on a pace to score four goals and have 51 points this right. year after annihilating the record book last year. So it's just different. And there's tons of hockey left. We're two yeah. months into this thing. and. Uh, who knows? You know, and the power play has affected some of those yeah. numbers because it was just so crummy in the early going. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting as you say that about the forwards defending. Uh, they keep they've been wanting more scoring, more scoring depth, more score. Well, at some point in time, you're gonna give up a little bit when you keep going with. I want this guy because he can score goals as opposed to Luke Glendening who doesn't score goals. But boy, he shuts it down every single time he's on the ice. So as you do that, as you move to the Sagan. Uh, uh, Duchesne line, you're going to give up a little bit defensively. And and that's just, you know, the line they're trying to walk. And the hope is as they, you know, get to the playoffs, they'll find the right balance. Again, they earn 70% of the points. Right. <laughs> you know, like you're nitpicking at this, oh, that, I know, the other yeah. thing. The reality is they earn 70% well, of the points. It's funny because I was looking at the standings too, and, and you're just like, whoa, like they're right there. Because I thought they, you know, that, and when they're little two, two and one, I thought they kind of slipped out of the pack. And you look at Vancouver and you look at LA and you think, oh, they're they're gonna, you know, wash out into the, you know, into a wild card spot or something like that. And you're like, no, they're they're up, you know, above every. They're seven hundred, you know, whatever. Yeah, seventy percent of the points. Yeah. So I did the math. Did you? Like you did that? the uh, other first quarter stuff. And I hate even bringing this up, but they've avoided injuries for the most part. Knock your head. Uh, and I would say the biggest improvement is their large uptick in ozone possession time. And this began last year. Yes. But it was a struggle to get that needle to move yes. for the group. And a lot of times that's predicated on on a cycle game. Yep. So you look at it, they finished 30th at the end of last year on our metrics. They have different ones right. than we get in broadcasting, but they were averaging five minutes and 47 seconds in the ozone. So sometimes uh, the parameters of that are was the puck in the ozone or was the puck on your stick in the ozone right. how did you play are you a chip and and chase team in the you know all these different metrics but they've gone from from that they're, they're a minute above it this wow. season a full minute which is gigundo yes and some of it is pete's prodding yep. you know that that's his style and belief the personnel in the lineup has affected that you know, they have guys up front, especially, that just hang on to pucks more yep. and play that style. And the other part of it, and DeBoer mentioned this to me, it, it's the way teams, a lot of teams are defending now. 
there there are more teams defending like the Vegas Golden Knights where they guard the middle. It's it's a phalanx yep. in the in the slot in the middle, and they'll give you the perimeter than teams that defend like the Stars where they swarm. Everybody goes after the puck essentially on one side, and they dare the other team to work the puck through that and try to make something happen. So if you have teams that are just guarding the middle, you're going to have the perimeter, and you can just go nuts with possession out there. And they're like, go ahead, you know, knock yourself out. But when you come in here, there's going to be lots of us. Yeah. And then you also have to be prepared, and I think they've gotten bit by the counterattack. Sometimes, yeah. yeah. Everybody's deep, and yeah, you spend defense so much, was down the board, and it's whoopsie days. You yeah, turn well, it over, and, you and away they spend so go. much time, and then you know the the uh, hockey term is horny. You get horny to score. A goal. I don't know that that's a hockey term. I think Mike. That is a hockey I term. don't believe that is a hockey term. I think Mike Madonna told me that. <laughs> Sometimes he gets horny on oh. the ice. Okay. <laughs> okay, maybe, in that maybe that's what a statue will be. In, <laughs> <laughs> Point being is, when you want to score a goal, sometimes you give up something defensively. It was a really good hockey point. God, the statue's going to be a coat hanger all of a sudden. <laughs> so what is your, uh, what is your biggest uh, improvement that you've seen maybe from last year to this year in the first quarter? It's, you, you, to me, it's the scoring depth or the opportunity for scoring depth. Yeah. Like you look at that quote-unquote second line, third line, whatever it is, you know, Duchesne, Sagan, and Marchment, and it's a real line. It's yeah. a line that can possess the puck. It's a line that can create opportunities. It's a it's a line that can change a game in uh you know two two or one one game in the second period, and they'll come out and just have the great shift. And then you look at Wyatt and and Jamie and and Dodonoff, and you're like, that's a second line too. So to have three lines like that, that really is difficult to defend. So that's what I've liked. Yeah, I came out of last night thinking, okay. For a club that likes to to uh, flaunt their their depth up front, yep. now that's a big improvement. We haven't always seen it. I, I don't know that all four lines have looked dangerous in the same game that much. Correct. Now, two of the four a lot, yes. Never really just one of the four, no. like in some years past. But you look at last night, so they get they get a goal from the top line, Pavelski. They get that late goal from Sagan from Duchesne's line. They could have scored three or four yeah, in the game. They had great opportunities. Uh, Dodonov hit the pipe coming Hard. off the boards. You know, when they won a board battle, that could have been one. Smith hit the pipe yep. after Harley sent him in home free. That That's all four lines with those yeah. oppor- opportunities in the game, right? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I think that's a good point. I, I think we're intelligent in our views of the improvements in the first quarter. Well, and I think as we see that group get even more games under its belt, I, this is stuff that I just keep thinking about in the playoffs. You need this. Yeah. You need, you're going to be playing a zero zero playoff game. And if you know, Mason Marchment or, or Craig Smith steps up and scores a goal, like you're like, well, yeah, he can do that. Yeah. And it's habit forming during the year yes. to where you're not asking people to get, completely out of character in order to get through somebody. Right. So uh, biggest NHL stories thus far in your mind, it might, it might be unfolding as we speak in Chicago. Well, yeah, <laughs> the, the problem, the problem with the Chicago story, obviously is we don't know anything and, no. and two, the, the team's a mess. So then does that really impact anything? Now the player, if it impacts, 
you know, the best young player in the league, well, then that is a huge story. That's the biggest story right now. Right now. On social media. Yes. But in the first 20 games of the season league-wide? My biggest is the mess that Edmonton is. Mm. Uh, I have a friend who's trying to learn hockey. He's a big basketball fan. And so he's asking me, well, who's the best player in the league? And, you know, I go, well, Connor McDavid, you know, who ran away with the scoring title. He goes, well, who's the second best? I go, Leon Dreisaitl? <laughs> yeah, he said he was second in score. He goes, well, they must be the best team in the league. And you're like, no, no, they're really not. And this year, obviously, those two haven't been scoring like they did last they year. They might be a little like the Mavericks, though, huh? A little bit. And then you look at the Phoenix Suns of old, yeah. where where yeah. they had like three or four of the best scores in the yeah. league. and. But they couldn't play defense. And look at it, us bridging the gap between multiple uh, sports. So we, God, we try and bring in so many different fan bases. Really unbelievable. Um, today. But that one to me is shocking. And then the other thing to me is, could a LA or Vancouver upset the apple cart in the Western Conference? I know it's only twenty games in, yeah. but they both look really good right now. Yeah. Uh, once again, I, I always I would agree with your Euler thing. It, they they were a pop pick to yeah. win it all. And they had to fire a coach a month in. Now, since the change, McDavid looks like the best player on the planet right. again. He's putting up three and four points a night. Uh, another Canadian team, I think the Canucks resurgence, Quinn Hughes, the Hughes boys in general, right? Oh, my gosh. Although the Devils have been a disappointment. Yes. With, but they've had, they've had a couple of injuries, and too. He's been hurt, right? Uh, but the Hughes boys are something else. Oh, it's, a, it's a great family. Yeah. Uh, but I bet it's always benchings and firings. Yes. You know, the, the whole thing in Columbus from Babcock before they even got started to now Pascal Vincent, just you're going to get benched and you can ride the pine and you're getting a healthy scratch. And you're just like, wow. I mean, I understand a lot of coaches nowadays approach it that's your only weapon anymore. Right. You know, they all have loads of money, no trade clauses and a cap world and that. The only thing you can do from a motivation standpoint, and you can't skate them anymore. No. But at least the it, it feels like the coaches have all resolved to the uh, spot where it's like we need energy all the time. Yeah. I mean, they it's, fly it, around it, on private jets. It, Why it do they need so much energy? It is a fast-paced game. I will oh, give them that. Oh, shut your mouth. Like the game that they- Bag skate them every now and the then. Game Good old-fashioned the, bag the old skate. old stars used to play. No pucks. Just grab a stick. Doesn't matter which way it's curved. Just get out there. Was a stand-around game. And I mean, Bob Gainey had a great line where he said, yeah, uh, Guy Carboneau can't uh, skate very well, but he sure knows where to stand. Yeah. And that's how they played. This, this game that the- you know, stars are playing now is skate, 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 skate. So I get it. I get that you have to have that energy. And then the fact that they hit the wall in the third period and we haven't really seen a complete 60-minute game yet, you're like, now is that physical? Is that mental? And so I can understand how the coaching staff saying, like, we need to give them all the energy we can give them. But I'm with you. I mean, the other day, I you know, Pete said, well, it would have made me feel better. If, if yeah, but it's not just him. Like every no, coach, it's everybody. Yeah. You, you hear every coach. I think Maurice put him through one. Yeah. Before they went back on the road after their stinker uh, with the with the Swamp Cats, but I, I just I, th I think that's that's been a headline grabbing thing. We've had a, my you know old junior mate got piped in uh, Minnesota once. If you don't, as a coach, if you don't get goaltending, and if your top guys stop producing at the rate that everybody thinks they should be producing at, 
you're gone. You're done. Yeah. And six years is an eternity. Well, and and I I'll go back to this one. Was what he was trying to do the right thing to do in this league right now? Because they were clearly a physical team that wanted to intimidate the opposition. And I'm not sure if that works because you get where you, you get with them where your penalty kill can't complete, you know, can't kill off five minute majors and things of that nature. And the same thing with Columbus is like, so obviously the front office wanted a Russians, a disciplinarian. <laughs> and so, you know, when Babcock washed out, they're like, okay, well, we'll still keep this mindset of being, a, is that really what's going to work in today's league? Or is it guys like Pete or guys like, um, uh, oh, who's the guy in LA, uh, Edmonton guy. Todd uh, McClellan. Yeah, Todd McClellan. The guys like that who. Anybody else you want to know? I know. My, my brain, you know this. I do. I do. Uh, but so I, you know, I love Todd McClellan. I think what he's doing, you look at the, the shot differential, I think they're well, plus five. Him, uh, that's what he does. And then. Well, look at the job Torts is doing. Oh, Torts Philly. is incredible. And, and again, this is a guy who's kind of a hard ass, but he also understands Morph. that. That these morphed. guys have skilled. He's morphed. Yes. Yes. Somewhat. And so that's why I look at Dean. I put them. I put. I put the Flyers in my biggest surprises. Of oh, the first huge! Yeah. Quarter. Yeah, and the the video of of Torts on the bench last night on Hockey Fights Cancer Night, and just the sweetest, nicest guy in the world. And you're like, yeah, he just puts all that stuff on for the media. Man, he, did he have a stretch where he was in just a acerbic with the media? For no reason, really. Did you see Jason Kidd's video from last night? No, I didn't. Oh, my gosh. He just got in a fight with one of those. Oh, did he? Oh, yeah. Verbally, he just... I, uh, uh, we've talked about this before. Even, like, I th I think Pete DeBoer's been terrific and just very uh, level-headed, answering a, a lot of the same questions yes. over and over again. Every day. And I, I don't understand why we make these coaches talk as much as they do. At some point, there, there's just a... There's a breaking point, I would think, where yeah. they're. The, I applaud them for. Oh, I do. For their my my plan is nature. You get the assistant coaches every other day, or every you know, and just rotate out because one, I'd like to see what they say, and two, it would give the head. I coach think it a break. would help the assistant coaches. Yes, become we, head coaches. At yes, some point. because for the most part in this league, we just we just keep working the same guys around and yeah. around and around and around again, changing a little bit maybe yeah. now. Uh, other surprises from the uh, first quarter, the Bruins being, I didn't think the Bruins would be as good as they, they with what they lost. Now they're starting to maybe hit some bumps here now, but yeah, with the players they've lost and how they lost last Correct. year, bo both them and Vegas, yeah. I, I didn't think Vegas would be able to uh, come out. I, I, I thought they would hit the 15 game yeah. mark and just go. Psh. The, Aiden Hill is the real deal, I think. Uh, just like we're seeing Thatcher Demko, I think, is the real deal. And they have to do it in the playoffs. Aiden Hill has. Uh, but the other thing is in Vegas, I think it's that group of defensemen. And they've even had some injuries, and, and it's still their defensive depth is is great. And Cassidy's a great coach. I think he does a, a good job. And, and I think Monty is, too. Uh, what Monty's been able to do, and it's fun watching him now. Yeah. Uh, because you can see the – boiling temper that you know he has underneath the surface. And, and it's, it's interesting because you do, it's a long season and it's, some of these are hard relationships and sometimes you have to push buttons on players that you don't want to push. And 
but that's what you have to do as a coach. It sounds like Toe Blake talking there, Mike. I'm about as old as Toe Blake. Have you noticed the cream rising, though, 20 games in? It's interesting how that happens. It is. Listen, top two in the four divisions are kind of who we figured. Top two in the divisions and battling for supremacy we're going to be. Colorado-Dallas in the Central. Vegas-LA. I know Edmonton was supposed to probably be right there. But it's Vegas and L.A., and a lot of people were looking at the Kings as yep. maybe one of the uh, surging risers, ascenders in the Western Conference. New York Rangers, Carolina Hurricanes, 1-2. Boston Bruins, Florida Panthers. I think they met in the playoffs. Yeah. 1-2. So then how do we uh, straighten all this out with the uh, pushers from the bottom? I don't know. I just find it, if you just stay patient enough, well, yeah, that's always been the, the cream will rise, Mike. Yes. You are who you are. I think goaltending has a lot to do with it, too. Speaking of that, goalie masks. Oh. The whole Mark Andre Fleury fiasco. Miasco. You know the story behind this. Maybe I do. Pe- people listening don't, but uh, they had a Native Heritage night with the. Uh, Minnesota Wild. His wife is a Native American, and he had a mask to honor her. Yep. Seemed like it all fit, right? Yeah, perfect. And the league said he couldn't wear it, and he wore it anyway in warm-up. And the questions were going to be about fines, and I don't know I don't know what happened in the aftermath of that. But is a, a situation like that, I think somebody wanted to put a ribbon on their mask, too, for Hockey Bites Cancer. I know. And they said, no. Is is this going to lead to a crackdown on mask art in general? That's a really good question. I hadn't even thought about that. I, my point is that can't we be smarter than just falling into line with saying, okay, if you can't you know, honor this certain group in a positive manner, then we're not going to honor any groups? And that's the biggest problem. It's obviously the, the controversy with you know, everybody can play and that upset some people and so then now well let's just not honor anything and i mean you have to find a balance you know the fact that they they didn't have hockey fights cancer jerseys that they could auction i mean that that to me is silly military night are we not going to do that anymore you know again it's okay well some people don't support the military okay we can't make everybody happy and i think you have to find that balance of and this is where you need leadership, where a group of leaders say, this is right, and we're going to support it. You took that on a much broader I know uh, I did. I'm base. sorry about I was just that. talking about goalie masks. I know. Okay, let's go to goalie masks. What can you not put on a goalie mask? Well, art pieces nowadays, uh, as much as utilitarian protection, you know, like nobody wants to see just white masks, no. I guess. Uh, they've been decorated since the days of molded eye hole mask, not the hybrid mask with a cage. Uh, but I've been like my era, it was basically graphics. There, there wasn't as much art involved in it. You had some animals. Who? Didn't you have the Bruins and Andy Moog have a Bruins mask and Cujo had a dog mask and it was, yeah, but it was like a, you know, Brian Hayward had a shark. Yeah, you know, mouth. It was just the mouth. Yeah, it was with You're teeth. Right. Yeah, 
Very you simple. Know, it, it wasn't something from a cartoon or a movie. You know what I mean? It, they didn't have the Jaws logo on the side of it. Yeah. That That's where I, at times, I'm surprised that they allow as much as they do. And then I'm shocked that they won't allow something like flurries because, you know, there, there are superheroes, there are movie, you know, we've seen it look here. At Car- look at Carly Clint, Latin and Clint Eastwood string was, of mass. Is there not trade? Are characters. there not trademark infringements or I guess it's seen as, as uh, art. Yeah, okay. So then. Art is what you can get away with. I think that it was yes. Andy Warhol. Was it not? I believe it was. Is he an artist? He was. He's dead, Mike. Oh, dang it. Uh, but his art lives on. But that seems to be what these gold masks are. Art is what you can get away with. They're not getting away with everything anymore. And then the other uh, last thing on it that I'll, I'll say, sponsorship, trying to find more HRR. And you see helmets now in the, in the league, and all of them have their helmet sponsors, Home Correct. and Road. I never understand why they don't force the goaltenders to slap that same logo on. They're out there the entire game. Yeah. And they get the cameras uh, on them a lot. Yes. And yet instead of that, it's, it's like elf or something, you know? And and I will say that, but there's also, you know, like guys like Eddie having make a wish on his chin that you saw right? where guys do good things with the the, look, Mike, they all want to do that. They all want to do good things. The back plates on a lot of masks are, family. Are, are celebration of family. There's faith on there. There's, you know, all whatever causes in that. I think it's tremendous. Yes. I think it should be celebrated more than it is. I agree. And that's why when something like this happens with Flurry, it's stunning to me. Yeah. It's like, really? They just threw up their arms. The league threw up their arms and said, well, we can't make decisions on what's right and what's wrong. I so applauded. Every- Everything's I applauded wrong. him. He's, oh, he's got I was, I was NFG, so smiling. Yeah. NFG with him. He's and, just and he's like, like what are you I gonna, am wearing it. And like, what are you going to do? Fire me? I'm 40 years old. <laughs> yeah, I'm just about done. Whatever. <laughs> I have tons of money. Right. I'll pay the fine. Oh, God. Uh, speaking of family and friends, though, Mike, grab your friends and family and celebrate the holiday season with public skating at your local Children's Health Star Center. You like the skating? I do. I love yeah. it. Well, from holiday shows to skating with Santa. You don't want to miss out on the memories, and I would say this, the photo ops. <laughs> Good place to get everyone together. It and seems like the uh, youngsters like those photo ops. Oh, my God. <laughs> yes, you can post post this stuff. You can see the full public skating holiday guide at DallasStars.com slash star centers. Realize this, everybody. Only 29 days until Christmas Eve. Wow. Uh, shout out to the 817 and the Euless rink. <laughs> That's where I live. <laughs> I was thinking of the old uh, uh, Star Center, one of the very first where we, oh, yeah. where we practiced in Valley Ranch back in the day. And I'm going to mention Mike Fernandez and the ticket here in a little bit, but with Mike Madonna getting his statue, you weren't on uh, last week. We had Marty on. But I was thinking there should be, there should be two statues. There should be one of Mike, whatever's going in front of American Airlines Center on PNC Plaza. Should be another one that's uh, interactive with the fans. That that's Mike sitting in his car. Probably, I think it was a Beamer back in the day. Back in the day, yeah. Uh, in the parking lot in Valley Ranch at 
8.25 in the morning of every practice day, it felt like, laughing to himself in the car, listening to Gordon Keith on yep. the ticket in the 8.20 bed. And you could just get in, you could just sit in the a bronze seat next to him, <laughs> and you could laugh together at, at Gordon's antics in the morning. But that anyway, would be fun. I digress. Uh, speaking of hockey nights, uh, hockey fights cancer, tomorrow is league-wide hockey fights cancer night in the NHL, 25th year. Need to fight harder. Yep. There's no doubt about that. Um, you know, we've lost colleagues in my end of thing. Dave Strader, Peter McNabb, uh, Rick Jenneret last year. And news on the weekend that Andy Moog has cancer. Uh, an original Dallas star back in the day. You mentioned his mask a moment ago. Just brutal to hear. Uh, he's going to start getting chemo soon. Has tons of family support from his girls, grandkids, and, of course, Carla, uh, his wife, as well as the hockey world at large. I owe so much to Andy. Uh, I mean, I met my wife because of Andy Moog yeah. at his golf tournament in the summer in Penticton. Um, we were together in Oilerville back in the day. Uh, and we're all with you, Moger. So fight like hell. Just awful news, though, to hear that again. I, I will say this. My brother has been battling cancer for, for several years, and he uh, has a bad knee. And he couldn't get knee surgery because he was battling cancer. Well, this summer, he got knee surgery because he you know, had gotten to the point where it was in remission enough that – so, you, you know, the doctors are good. They know what they're doing. They can really help you. So, you know, just stay on your program and follow the, what the doctors tell you. and, and uh, they're making progress. I will say that. Uh, it's Dallas Stars uh, president for, you know, ever uh, and ever and still involved from a little more distance now. But Jim Lights uh, is a uh, perfect example of that. Yeah. Got through it. Um, and uh, I, I just think we have to fight a little harder. Yeah. 25 years of it. Done great work, but got to get rid of that. So. Anyway, in closing, uh, out the penultimate month of the 2023 calendar, a melancholy farewell to Mike Fernandez. Yes. Three-decade producer of the number one morning show in the Metroplex, the Musers, basically 5.30 to 10 on the ticket, our flagship radio station. Uh, his final early morning and show is on Friday. Good man, great friend of the sport. We needed those pillars in the community. Yes. He's a huge New York Rangers fan. Yes, he likes those But New don't York hold that against him. <laughs> uh, an integral part of that show. Uh, it's time to sleep in, buddy, I guess. Well, and I give you a lot of props for all your Emmys and everything like that. When you look at what all that my Emmys. radio what station is. What line that no, is. No, I'm just saying. I really, like... You look at what has gone on for the you know stars broadcast, and it's very impressive. But then you look at what the ticket's done, mm. uh, and I tell my friends in Michigan and Atlanta and California, like you have to listen to this radio station. It's hilarious. It's funny when you get Troy on there, and he's telling all his national broadcast friends, "Oh no, you have to listen to the Musers." I mean, that's a pretty big feather in your cap to say this is this is what I've been doing for thirty years, you know. It's a pretty good gig. Imitated, never duplicated. Correct. Nationwide. And uh, everything we hear is an opinion, not a fact. Everything we see is perspective, not the truth. Musers in the morning. 888-786. What is the 
Crow line. You, you have to call I it. I don't. I don't know, Mike. You got anything else before we get out of here? I really don't. I, I don't either. I think we covered. It's been enjoyable. I, I like being in here. We have a perfect to face. We're not on Zoom. Nope. Uh, and uh, yeah, I, I think a lot of rosy things in Star's world and some things that need to get, uh, I think, improved upon in the overall world of the sport and that, but that's not really our mo is it we can do it's just putting out this blisteringly great podcast the Podman rush we are now into double digits almost for the season so get to work th we done thanks mike thanks tom thanks stars fans you've been on the Podman rush with razor ray and mike Ica, presented by kingsville brewery an official production of the Dallas Stars. To stay up to date on all things Texas hockey, visit DallasStars.com or download the official Dallas Stars app today. You always have to have the last word, don't you? Everything is bigger and better in Texas, including Dallas Stars Victory Club memberships presented by Lexus. Victory Club honors generations of the most devoted Stars fans with bigger savings, better perks, and unbeatable flexibility. Become a part of history and join the loudest, greatest, and most dynamic Dallas fans by becoming a Victory Club member today. Visit DallasStars.com for more info.